0: Well, hey, Amen. Let's look in Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22. I share a message entitled Abraham the Family Man. And uh, Genesis chapter 22, we're going to begin reading in uh, verse 1 and I'll read down to verse 14. <clears throat> and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abram. Uh, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went into a place of which God had told him. and Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son, And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and uh, took uh, the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, uh, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him, for now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket up by the thorn his thorns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering. Instead of his son and Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah Jireh as it is said uh, To this day in the mount of the Lord shall be seen. Let's pray father Thank you so much for allowing us to gather together tonight and uh, Lord We're just grateful that we have the Word of God in front of us and uh, Lord that we can read it and pray over it and uh, We will believe it Lord and we can trust it and Lord, we can learn so much from it. And so I pray the Holy Spirit will be our teacher and guide tonight as we go through the scriptures. And uh, Lord, may we realize how powerful it is uh, to have uh, such a close relationship and walk with God uh, that he would literally be called the friend of God. And so Lord, bless the preaching of the word of God. We pray this in Jesus name, amen. Where <clears throat> our text verse is verse two. And he said, take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of uh, Abraham, the family man. Abraham was a very interesting person to study in the word of God. And I like different studying about different characters in the word. And certainly Abraham uh, rises to the top of the list many times when we go to study the word of God, Abraham, uh, literally God would call him out of his homeland And it's amazing how God does place his call on us, and he wants us to serve him and live for him, and God will call us to do things that we never imagined or we never comprehended in our life or thought that it would be possible, but God will direct us and lead us as we'll surrender to his call. Certainly, God had promised Abraham that he would make him a mighty nation, and I really believe with all my heart that God calls people because there's something mighty and powerful and significant that God wants to do in each of our lives and we need to be willing to respond to the call of God when he gives that call. And but the, as he followed God in reference to uh, God calling him and promising to make him a great nation, Abraham was obedient to the Lord but he was childless. He had no children. And at, age, at the age of 100 years old, uh, God would promise him, uh, fulfill the promise he made to him in giving him a son, which is his son, Isaac. The interesting thing is, in this chapter, uh, it is referred, his son is referred to as thy son, whom thou lovest, in our text verse, whom thou lovest. The first time the word love is used in the Bible is used right here in Genesis chapter 22 in verse 2. Whom thou lovest. And it's just amazing that God uses for the first time in the Bible the word love, and it's in reference to a father-son relationship. And it's in reference to, if you will, the home. And uh, God had, had promised Abraham he would make him a mighty nation. God promised he would bless his home. God promised he would give him a son. And God has established that Uh, In his life, and as a result of it, he mentions the love that he had uh, for his only son, Isaac. In Genesis chapter 18, when God was getting ready to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, God reveals to Abraham the destruction that was about ready to take place in Genesis 18 and 19. It says, For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, And they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. You know, God had a special relationship with Abraham because he understood that Abraham was willing to direct his family in spiritual things. He was willing to direct his family to walk with God and do justly and righteously in all their decisions. And so when God is getting ready to do a magnificent thing, an awesome thing in destroying Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, he said, shall we hold this from Abraham? The natural response was that he was, well, wait a minute, we're not gonna hold this from Abraham because we know that Abraham will direct his children, he'll direct his family uh, to do what is just and what is right. And so may that be the testimony that we have that God would reveal to us what he desires to do because he knows that we'll make the decision to lead our families in the proper way. Man, God wants you to listen to him, and God wants you to follow him, and he wants you to lead your families in the way of righteousness and justice as we follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And Abraham was that type of a man that he would follow the leading of the Lord. Today's society is so perverted what love is. Today's society is so perverted what the family is. I mean, we have all kinds of situations that you read about in the news that just is perverse and it's corrupt. And what is being revealed as the nucleus of the home in America. And I just know this, that we need to get back to the basics of what is a family. And what is it that God has established as a home? And what type of relationship should we have uh, with our children, with our wives, with those in our family? Are we willing to trust God, that God knows best? And are we willing to experience the love of God that literally cannot be comprehended or explained when we know how deeply he loves us and that is generated in us and impacts our family for the Lord? So Abraham, the family man, I want to think of, first of all, The perfect love that he had. And the perfect love was towards his God. And I know this, that we need to uh, start off everything with God. May I just say that? Everything begins and it ends with our God. And if we want to have a proper love for our family, then there has to be that perfect love towards our God. Here in his love, not that we love God, but he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. And God initiated this relationship. It's interesting that Abraham, his relationship with God was not initiated by Abraham. It was initiated by God. He was in the land of the Chaldees, and God came to him and called him to the land that he would show him and how he would bless him. And so there was a perfect love of Abraham towards his God. His life was characterized by several things. Abraham's life was characterized by obedience. In verse 3, certainly verse 2 tells us that God commands Abraham to take his son and offering up as an offering. And in verse 3, it just simply says... And Abraham rose up early in the morning. I mean, there was immediate response uh, to what God had commanded him to do. Now, perfect love, uh, listen, perfect love enables us to be obedient to the things that uh, the Lord tells us to do. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And so it's kind of hard for us to tell, us, uh, tell others and to be able to testify the fact that we love the Lord Jesus Christ when we rebel against everything he commands us to do. And so a perfect love that is developed towards the Lord involves this spirit of obedience. Just simply obeying what he has stated. His life was also characterized by faith. In uh, Genesis chapter 15, in uh, verse 6, we read of uh, Abraham's faith. It says, and he believed in the Lord... And it, he counted it to him for righteousness. Just a very short statement, but that statement is once again quoted in the New Testament: that Abraham believed the Lord, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. And so we're to be people of faith, and uh, we need to instill in our children the spirit of faith in Lord Jesus, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, it is alarming that even children who are growing up in the church, and children who are going to Christian schools, uh, children that are being homeschooled, uh, still have this struggle on what is faith and why should they have faith. And it's, it's an alarming thing to watch the how the culture in America is influencing uh, our young people. They say across the board in America, the Church of Jesus Christ in America is declining by 25% every year. Uh, Now listen, that is because of our young people growing up in church, growing up in Christian homes, being taught the word of God, but never coming to faith to believe that God is who he says he is. And, uh, and so we must be like Abraham to realize a perfect love towards God is not just obeying by living according to a bunch of rules and regulations, but our perfect love towards God does involve faith. There are some things that God says to us that you have to take by faith. Right. You, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I don't understand everything the word of God says, but I certainly know that I need to trust what it says because it is absolute truth. Yes, We're living in a world that only thing that is absolute according to the world is that there is absolutely no truth. <laughs> but yet there is truth, and that is the word of God. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Why? Because we, when we come to him, we must believe that he is and that is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And so there has to be this faith that grows and develops and flourishes in our Christian life. And listen, you, you better get your children grounded. And I mean grounded strong in what they believe. Because as soon as they go out into the world, they are immediately attacked in reference to their faith. As soon as they get into the job world, they're immediately confronted with: you don't have to go to church. You need to work on Sundays. You need to do this and you need to do that. Uh, you don't. You shouldn't trust in the God. There's a, there's a, 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 issues about evolution and all these things. You must be people of faith. We must hold to the things that we believe. We must trust in the living God and allow God to work his miracles in us and through us. And so that shows forth our perfect love. Abraham was a man who had a love towards God and it was characterized by his obedience and his faith. But it was also characterized by friendship. In James chapter two, James talks about uh, Abraham and his relationship with his God, in James 2 and verse 22, says, Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect. And then in verse 23, he says, And the scriptures has fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. If somebody was to summarize your life as a Christian, would they come to the conclusion that you're a friend of God? You know, it's kind of hard to have a perfect love for God towards God where there is not this close, intimate relationship of friendship with the Lord. Uh, God is friendly towards us, and we must be friendly towards him. And so we don't despise the things of God. We don't ridicule the things of God. We don't mock the church of God. Uh, we don't resist and resent the people of God because we're a part of the family of God. And as being a part of the family of God, we have a friendship with God. Abraham's life was characterized, his love that he had was a perfect love because it was characterized by his friendship to the Lord. And uh, we need to be, listen, either you're a friend of God or you're an enemy of God, one or the other. You can't have it both ways. And so Abraham had a perfect love towards God. I see Abraham also in this passage helps us to see that he had a proper love towards his son. Not only did he have a perfect love towards his God, but he had a proper love towards his son. First of all, through acknowledgement. Through acknowledgement, the world, listen, the world has made children nothing more than possessions. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's alarming, the whole spirit and attitude when it comes to this matter of having children or developing and building a family. The re- problem with the world looking at children as a possession, a possession is something that you put on the shelf. And then when you're when you're done with it or if you don't want it, you can get rid of it. And this whole, this whole concept about abortion and uh, oh, um, uh, just uh, throwing our children to the side or killing off our next generation uh, is based on the fact that of a philosophy that children are simply a commodity, something that you possess, something that you can take if you want it. If you don't want it, just get rid of it. And that is not what God uh, reveals for us. Abraham had a pure, proper love with his son. He acknowledged the reality of a relationship that he had with his son. As a child, he is a part of you. Abraham was aware of the fact that he was a part of him. Physically, biologically, genetically, God, uh, uh, your children are a part of you. That's why in verse 7, Uh, It says, and Isaac spake unto Abraham his son and said, my father. And he said, here am I, my son. And Abraham is identifying with the reality of this individual that is physically, biologically standing in front of him is his child. And uh, we, we don't, listen, we don't disassociate with our children. We don't ignore and throw away our children. And Abraham uh, had a proper love towards his son that he always acknowledged the fact that who he was, was he was his son. I remember years ago, and when I say years ago now, I mean a lot of years. But anyway, years ago, I was doing some things. I was wanting to go some places, and my dad was like, no, you're not going there. No, you're not doing that. And I remember saying to him, I said, yeah, but dad, my friends, they're all going there. They're all doing that. And he looked at me, he said, Boy, they're not my children. You're my son. And because you're my son, you're not doing that. And so we need to identify and remind ourselves of a proper love that we have with our children and with our family, that we are biologically, genetically, physically Uh, connected with them they are of us adam said of eve he said she is now bones of my bones and flesh of my flesh and your children are bones of your bones and flesh of your flesh and so there ought to be a proper love and a proper relationship with your children and so acknowledge men not only physically but spiritually your children are a gift from god In verse 8, Abraham said, My son, God, will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. uh, Abraham understood that God may have commanded him to offer his son on the altar, but I don't believe for one minute that Abraham thought that he would actually slay his son. I don't believe for one moment that Abraham thought that God would require of him to kill his son. Because Abraham's response was, God will provide himself a lamb. And he was spiritually understood that that son, Isaac, was a gift from God. Uh, Psalm 127 and 3 says, Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord. They are a gift to you. And because God has gifted you with that child, then you need to acknowledge that unique relationship that God has enabled you to enjoy. Whether it be your children or your grandchildren, or if you don't have children, there's children in our church that you can minister to and help and reach out to. And I, I'm just I'm a firm believer that we ought to reach out to the children as much as we can on the bus, on the vans, out on soul winning, get the children into the church and teach them the word of God. Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me. And as we go out and bring them in, we can get into the house and lead mom and dad to the Lord also. And so there needs to be a proper love relationship based on a father-son relationship. He had that towards his son. So there was acknowledgement of that relationship. There was commitment in that relationship. You know, the world has developed this whole concept of just everything is a contract. And uh, the sad thing is, you know, have prenuptial agreements, you know, before you get married, make sure you get a prenuptial agreement. And uh, if I was to do that, my wife, all we would do is uh, say we have a prenuptial agreement. And I'm glad I didn't do that because I can't say it. But anyway, (laughs) well, whatever... Whatever poverty I have, <laughs> uh, you can have, and whatever poverty you have, I'll we'll have, amen. And, uh, but, and so, but listen, marriage, families have just been broken down to this whole concept that just simply is a contract, when in reality, a proper love is binding. Commitment is binding. In Genesis 22 and verse 5, it says, Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship, and come again to you. There was there was no contemplation in the heart of Abraham to have that commitment to his son broken. He was bound together with him because of his love towards his son. There is a bonding that takes place when we are willing to uh, have a proper love towards our family. And towards our children. It was bonding. Notice it was accepting of God's plan for the home. In verse 9, it says, And they came to a place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there, laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Abraham was willing to accept God's plan for his family. And God has a plan for each of our lives, and that may involve a lot of things. I remember I got saved on an Bible college. I didn't know this until years later, but uh, I was informed that my dad, when I left, my dad got saved the same time I got saved. Uh, Shortly after that, I felt God called me to preach, and my dad had made this statement, oh, um, oh, uh, I got saved, and God took my son away from me. That's troubled him as a young Christian. He couldn't understand that, couldn't comprehend that. But the reality is God does have a plan for you and God does have a plan for your children. And God does want to work his will, and his will is always best. And so there is accepting of that plan of God for the home. And Abraham, I'm sure he was confused. I'm sure he couldn't comprehend why God was expecting him to do what he required of him to do. But Abraham was willing to accept God's plan for his family. And God has a plan for your family. But it's also a matter of enjoying each other in verse 17. It goes on through the chapter and says that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, as the sand uh, which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the the gate of his enemies. And so enjoying the life that you have together, enjoying your children uh, when they're young, when they get older, they're going to be leaving home. Uh, enjoying your grandchildren, enjoying your relationship as a husband and wife, uh, I think a great thing is for uh, husband and wives to do. I know one year at a couples retreat, I had devotions. I had the couples read some passages in uh, the Song of Solomon, and uh, uh, the man would be to read the part of Solomon. And the woman read the part of the Shudamite woman, and reading that relationship together, enjoying life together. God has so designed that marriage is honorable in all, in the bed undefiled. Uh, God has established that His the children He gives you and blesses you with is based upon uh, His reward, and you're to have a proper love towards your family. And especially towards your wife, you'd enjoy life. You ought to enjoy life together. You know, we have all these jokes about how hard it is to be married and all these conflicts and all this, that, and the other. I don't know what they're talking about. I got married. I'd never regretted it. Amen. I've had a great life. I'll tell you, I enjoy my time with my wife. And uh, I'm just, it's amazing being in ministry. I'm going to tell you, over the years, being in ministry, it's been just being her. And you know, talk, people talk about, "Well, when to retire, I just I don't know how I'm going to put up with him around the house." Well, we're used to each other, Amen. We enjoy life together. I I, I enjoy the fullness of the reality of who God is. And what the proper love is that God has given us the ability to experience as parents with children, as husbands and wives, as extended family, as grandparents, whatever it may be, God gives you the opportunity to enjoy life together. And so it involves acknowledgement, it involves commitment, and it involves covenant in verse 19 of our chapter. So Abraham rose returned unto his young men and they rose up and went together to Beersheba and Abraham dwelt in Beersheba. Here's the covenant. Covenant always develops a proper love in your home. Beersheba means well of of the sevenfold oath. God made an oath with Abraham and Abraham was a 100 years old and God gave him a son. And now his son, they believe Isaac, was about 30 years old at the time that he's going up to offer him on the altar. Abraham's an old man, about 130 years old, going up with his son that's 30 years old. But Abraham was just as confident as anything that God was going to bless his life and bless his relationship with his son because God had made a covenant with Abraham. And I want you to know that God has made a covenant with us through the blood of Jesus Christ. And we can have a proper love with one another. And so, Abraham, the family man. uh, It's amazing to me that he had a perfect love and he had a proper love. But I see also in verse 12 and verse 17, he had a protecting love towards his family. And uh, he had a uh, perfect love towards his God. He had a proper love towards his son but he had a protecting love towards his family. In uh, Genesis chapter 22 and verse 12, it says, and he said, said, "'Lay not thy hand upon the lad, "'neither do thou anything unto him, "'for now I know that thou fearest God, "'seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thy only son.'" This is an act of faith that Abraham trusted in God's perfect plan and because he trusted in God's perfect fa- plan, he knew and understood that he would never uh, uh, direct him to do any harm to his son. He was going to protect his family. Because of his love for God and his son, Abraham knew that the best place for his son was to be given to the Lord. I think I got that next one. Yeah, there we go. The, the, the love of God that God had for Abraham and the love that God had for his son, and the love that Abraham for, had for his son, Abraham understood that the best place for his son was to be given unto the Lord. And how we need to give our children over to the Lord. Uh, I remember years ago, I don't remember what it was, but I remember my mother telling me, when I was born, my great-grandmother told my mother, you dedicate that baby to the Lord and I'm glad that my mom dedicated me to the lord I'm, gl- I'm glad I'm glad that there was an old lady in our church home church Mrs. Johnson I'm glad that when I started my church and she played piano for me that she sat there on my lap and as she sat on my lap she couldn't have been 4 foot 5 I mean she's a little short thing and she fat, sat on my f- lap with her eyes cherry red welled up with tears, looked into my face and said, Michael, I remember when you were born, just that little baby, and I prayed for, we've been praying for you all these years that God would use you and bless your life. I just know this, God has a perfect plan. God's plans are not corrupt. God's plans are always right. And the safest place and the best place for your children to be is in the place where God wants him to be, even if it's a danger zone. Abraham's laying his son, a 30-year-old man, on the altar to be sacrificed, and he's going to take his life himself. But he believes that God's perfect plan uh, will work, and God will protect his family as he lived in the realm of his perfect plan. So God's perfect plan is protective towards your family. God's revealed will is necessary to be experienced in our life. Why? Because the safest place to be is in the center of God's will. And uh, there is no better place to be than in the center of God's will. I never, listen, I never want to even for one moment suspect that I possibly may be stepping out of the will of God for my life. It is more important for me to live my life in accordance with God's will than it is to develop any other relationship in my life. And the reason for that is that is every relationship that you have is satisfying and protective if you're in the center of God's will. Because in the center of God's will there's nothing that can happen to you that God is not allowing, controlling, or guiding, or enabling to take place in your life. You know, in Job, when Job suffered all the uh, accusations of Satan and the attacks of Satan, God told him, he said, you can touch him, you can take everything that he has, you can uh, mar his body uh, with bad health or whatever you want to do to him, but you can't touch his soul. And I'm thankful tonight that when you talk about the love of God, you talk about a protecting love, there is always safety and assurance and confidence in the center of God's will. So God's revealed will, protecting love. And then God's shield of love. And uh, Abraham certainly understood what that was in, in Genesis 15 in verse one, it says, and after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision, saying, fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. See, Abraham could protect his family and care for his family because of the fact that he comprehended that, listen, his means of protection, his means of Blessings. his means of reward was coming from his God. So God's shield of love. God's love was so great for us. You think about this. God's love was so great for us that he protected us from the torments of hell by dedicating his son to be the sacrifice for us. There is no more powerful protecting power of love than to see that Jesus Christ laid down his life that we might be saved. And God did that for us. Abraham's relationship with his son Isaac draws an analogy or a picture or a parallel of how much God's love shields us because of the fact that Isaac is a type of Christ in that he was willing to lay down his life for us, and Abraham was willing to slay his son to, for one purpose, and that was to satisfy the perfect plan and perfect will of God. Your perfect love for God will develop a proper love in your home, uh, which will produce a protecting love for your family. And without this matter of being uh, loved by God and ex- and exercising the perfect proper and protective love of God, uh, there is no way that you'll be able to enjoy the blessings of God. Abraham, the family man. This chapter is about so much more than just Isaac being offered. It's about the relationship, very powerful, unique relationship that Abraham had with his son as he walked with his God. And so we need to walk with the Lord, trust the Lord, believe in the Lord, let the Lord work his perfect plan and will in each of our lives. Abraham, the family man. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be together tonight. Uh, Lord, I'm thankful for Abraham. Uh, There's so much we can learn from his life. I pray that we might uh, always maintain a proper love, a perfect love, and a protective love. Uh, The ones that we love so dearly, Lord, I pray that we would have the right relationship with them, according to the scriptures. I pray, Lord, that love that we have because of your love given to us, Lord, that our relationship, our walk with you will always be just. It will always be right. It will always be surrendered completely to our God. And then, Lord, I just pray for the protection of the Lord. Uh, God, in the center of your will, in the, in, in the fulfillment of your plan, Uh, God, there is an outpouring of protection that comes from God and God alone. And so, Lord, help us to rejoice in the goodness of our God. Help us, Lord, to demonstrate that type of love in our families. Families in America are falling apart. But, God, we can have that type of love that is powerful and life-changing. We praise you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.